instead of looking back at what you could use as an excuse to prevent you from moving forward or why you couldn't do something in the past, you're creating something, a vision, a mission in the future to pull you forward. It's not about actually uh, getting to the age of 50 and doing this. It's that you are committed to doing this every single day and you're not dictating the outcome. You're participating in the action that will lead to the outcome that you know is in line with who you are. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lifestyle Engineer Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chenard, and today I have the pleasure of talking with Mark England, co-founder of Enlifted Coaching and head coach for Enlifted Coaching as well. Welcome here, Mark. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Yeah, you. this is the third podcast of the day for you? This is number two, number two. out of three. Out of three. Yeah. And you just got some uh, what I call physical deposits in. You went and swung some kettlebells before we hopped on here. I earned a little dopamine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. See my shirt there. yeah. 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 Well, I, yeah. Um, wrapped had 25 minutes. Um, uh, we have a podcast and our, our host is Kimberly, a woman named Kimberly Kesting. Very cool. And I'm broadcasting from her studio today in Richmond, Virginia. So I went out and chatted with her for a second and then went and swung some kettlebells and Got got here with two minutes to spare with a little bit. It's a little sweat running down my face. You know what? So we're we're uh, shooting this on Riverside, so it it, it goes with uh, um, it, it shoots in a little less quality when we do this live. So I can't actually tell if you're sweating. So if you hadn't told me, I wouldn't have guessed. Cool. Yeah, I, I figured you would approve of of that strategy. Oh, absolutely. Move, yeah, move a little bit, everybody. It feels good. Yeah, I've. I've hopped onto a podcast before right out of the cold plunge and I start to shiver a little bit. I mean, luckily most people don't watch the the video part. They will go on Spotify or Apple, wherever they listen. And so that was okay then, but definitely appreciate it. I am looking forward to learning a little bit more about you, Mark. So I'm actually going to let you just kind of share the story of how you, I guess, co-founded and lifted coaching and what spurred you on to do that. We'll start that in high school. Sure. Uh, I wrestled in high school, um, got into, thought I was a tough guy. I really did. Got into Brazilian jiu-jitsu in college, 1996. Took my first jiu-jitsu class. And I got, I got bit by the bug. I really did. And uh, Thai boxing was right around the corner. And uh, yeah, I had a, handful of MMA fights back in the day, back before it was called MMA. This is, this is back when it was, it was, it was called NHB or no rules, or if you want to get old John McCain about it, human cockfighting. And, um, it definitely wasn't as cool as it is today. People looked at you like, why are you doing this? But anyway, that's another story. And yeah, so I had a, I had a handful of MMA fights and won a couple of state kickboxing titles. And I was like, I'm going to Thailand, I'm going to Thailand for a year. And I did, <laughs> I moved over there in, um, 2002, what was initially going to be one year still sounds strange to say it today. I was, I lived over there for 10 years, decade. And, um, six months in to my first year over there. I'm having my second knee surgery. And the, 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 the doctor says, 
Your career as a fighter is over, Mark. You could become a very good swimmer. And so I picture myself doing laps next to grandma. Not, not, the, not what I had in mind at 26 years old. And um, it was a very big move for me, Matt. I had three going away parties. And I'd only had my passport for two years. I was very unwell-traveled, whatever that word is. And, um, and I went over there and fell on my face, flopped, choked. And I used that experience as the final piece of damning evidence in a case that I was making against myself secretly, that I was somehow doomed to fail and there was something wrong with me and um, I, I wasn't good enough. It's called a telephobia, everybody. There's a name for this thing, a telephobia, the fear of not being good enough. And a lot of what everything boils down to for, you know, start something, stop something, comparison, you're always comparing, comparing yourself to other people, paranoid about what people might be saying about you and, um, you know, d- d- telling yourself that you don't deserve this and can't have that, that, that it's, it's, it's a telephobia, the victim mentality with a little sprinkle of imposter syndrome on top. And you got a kablammy whammy that really gets in the way of, of, of people doing what they want to do and being how they want to be. And, um, I entrenched a tremendous victim mentality once I was over there and, and, and cocked it up. And so much so that I didn't laugh for an entire year, which got weird. I mean, I don't recommend that. It's a very strange thing to do to not laugh. I probably didn't authentically smile either because I, I hide my mental real estate was completely hijacked with this victim mentality story, which I'm very happy to, I do it on most podcasts. This is my 345th podcast. I've been on talking Congratulations. About one thing. Thank you very much. It's been, um, it's been life changing and, and, and also business changing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to talk about the, the, the podcast that changed everything for us back in 2016, going on barbell shrugged. It was 17 when we went on there, but uh, 16 when we got booked. I, f- I flew from Thailand to Los Angeles to do that show in person. It's called Showing Up. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you why later if um, if y'all want to know. And um, yeah, so so on most of the shows that I go on, well, on all the shows I go on, I only talk about one thing, and it's how our words influence us for better and for worse. How. Um, most people, unbeknownst to them, their language is working against them. We're creating the victim mentality, victim villain mental imagery, paying the price in a lot of different ways um, in, in order to help people get in their language working for them. Because this, this is a problem we can fix, and at the end of the day, it's simply an education issue. And so I entrenched this victim mentality, unbeknownst to me. Uh, I was participating as heavily in the story of me being a loser as I was. And after a year of not laughing and hating life, um, I go, thank God I looked down the road. I was like, bro, what are you going to do? You can be that, you can be that 55 year old guy complaining about a, a, a flash in the pan fight career. Huh? You going to do that? And I saw that version of me and I was like, man, if you do that, you really are a loser. And so I said anything but that. And I was uh, my first five years in Thailand. I was an elementary school sports teacher at an international school. Great gig. Uh, 
Second half, I was a counselor at a cleansing fasting resort. Also great gig. So at when I was teaching in Bangkok, the, the vice principal, he, he, he knew I wasn't having much fun. It was on my face. And he'd come back from this resort, this uh, spa. It's called the spa. And he said, hey, man, I just went and did this uh, weird and interesting cleanse. I think you'd like it. And I looked it up, and it was weird and interesting. And I went down there, and I, I paid them not to eat. It's a great business model. Here's my money, and you give me a coconut and a yoga class. And then I just get to sit there and stare at the water. Um, and I liked it. And I went back. And my third time down, I went to a, a, a workshop on emotional detoxification. And I laughed at it. It was like emotional detoxification. I went there, thank God. And the guy talked about words and stories and identities and breathing. And he goes, hey. Anybody stuck on a story? And um, this woman shot her hand up, and it was it was a it was a it was a nasty breakup. It was a humiliating, ouch, stinger. So here here short story. Her it happened four years ago, and and she had been obsessing about it since so much so she hadn't she could she wasn't she hadn't gotten into another relationship. She was in college. Her friends. Get a house down at the beach for beach week. Her boyfriend and all his friends get the house next door, add alcohol, press play. And he hooks up with her best friend in front of everybody one night and then dumps her in front of everybody the next night. (laughs) That's terrible. Bro, it's the old one-two kablammy-whammy. Dude. And she was, she was still four years later because time doesn't apply to the emotional body folks, just because it happened way back when very frequently, when we get into the details of what happened, those feelings are still there just like they were when it happened. And she told this story three times. First time through, she's angry and crying. He didn't he just let her have it. Let's let her tell the story. Second time through, though, this guy knew what he was doing. He started changing words. Just a few. And the thing loosened up. And now she's sad. No tears. And everybody's starting to lean in because they know something's happening. That's an interesting part about human beings. You know, I've been in this transformation game professionally, somewhere between full-time and overtime the whole time for the past 16 years. And when people get vulnerable and they start to share and the the thing starts to change and the transformation starts to take place, nobody's checking their phones. Nobody's checking their phones. They're leaning in because it's it's some smarter part of us goes, hey, pay attention to this. This is – there's something for you in it. And that's – everybody was doing that, myself included. And the third time through, he stopped her at the sentence that held the whole thing together, the spell that held the whole thing together. Spell, by definition, Webster's definition, not mine. The definition of a spell is a word or a combination of words of great influence. That's it. And it can go both ways. You know, um, nobody will ever really love me is a combination of words that will greatly influence someone in a constrictive way. Mm -hmm. Or... um, Man, I got a lot of support. 
that's also a combination of words that will greatly influence someone in an expansive way. Start, we Go ahead and start filing this conversation, folks, under stuff you didn't learn about your words in high school, stuff you didn't learn in high school English class. And he stopped her at the sentence, like I said, that held the whole thing together. And here's what it, he had to repeat it three times. So everybody's looking at the same combination of words. He did that to me. He did that to me. And three times. He did that to me. And now that everybody's staring at that same sentence, he goes, take out that last word and put in himself. Mm. Right? And it was such a radical departure, Matt, from the story that she'd been relentlessly telling herself. This is another important principle, folks. The thing happened once, and then we replay it hundreds of times in our head. Where's the real problem with what happened or our relentless um, uh, revisitation of the thing? That's where, our, that's where our power lies. We can't go back and change the past. Pardon me. And, um, and what we can do is change the story we tell ourselves about the past. Okay, Just like, you're, just like a, uh, um, a paper that you, hand, that you, that you, that you, you handed in in high school. You know, you get a rough draft and then you write a second draft. And if you hand in a third draft, it's usually tighter and more coherent and more, it's a better product. Most people don't have a draft to hand in because they haven't gotten these stories written down. That's another important point that we'll, we'll, we'll very likely visit in, in, a, in a matter of minutes. And, and it was such a radical departure from the story that she'd been telling herself so much that she said it, it was it was clunky and with uptalk, which meant it went up at the end, which means it's a, it's a question. Regardless of the punctuation, it's a question. Here's how it sounded. He, he did that to himself? And then you see it catch, and the breath unlocks. <sighs> he did. He did do that to himself. And then she started talking about how he lost friends. His girlfriend definitely dumped him. He lost friends and it ended up being worse for him than it was for her because everybody in their right mind was like, hey, dude, what are you doing? And he, he basically got booted out of the, the scene. And then, then she, she, she walked herself right out of the rest of that story with this, said it just matter of fact, oh, that guy was really weird. It was never going to work out anyway. Mm. And I, I, I was like that right there because I had a he did that to me story. He shouldn't have been kicking that hard. We were just warming up. And and for her and for me and for anyone who combines their words in certain ways, I was getting the victim villain mental imagery. He's in the picture. I'm in the picture. He's doing something to me. Even though it happened a year and a half ago, I'm still reliving it. Hence and 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 getting all the benefits of it that's a joke all all the all the all the all the stress same stress same breath trapped in the chest same mental imagery same heavy dense what was me energy because because my words stayed the same so we're talking about mindset here everybody let's get this on the table too we're talking about mindset here's the definition of it here's our definition of it okay and it's super complicated. 
in Lifted's definition of mindset is extremely complicated. Total rocket science. Good luck understanding it. It's the story that you tell yourself. That's what mindset is. And oddly enough, um, in the mindset game, ask somebody what mindset is. And it's this big picture philosophical clunky thing that's hard to implement and 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 make transformation with. No, you need a simple answer because that it is that. Your mindset is that it's the story that you tell yourself to yourself. It's the story that you tell yourself about yourself. It's the story that you tell yourself about what you can do and what you can't do and what you do deserve to have and what you don't deserve to have and all that stuff. And that story is made up of sentences that are made up of words. And if certain words are put together in certain ways, you're getting the victim mentality. Is this a good time to recite the definition of the victim mentality? Yep. Let's do it. I'm going to do it twice for very good measure. And let's do this too. 30, 50, 80, everybody. 30, 50, 80. We remember 30% of what we hear, 50% of what we write, and 80% of what we turn around and share and, and or teach. So if you've got a pen and a piece of paper handy, grab it and write down the definition of the victim mentality because most people have never heard the definition much less written it down. And in my personal and professional opinion, if someone's going to have a holistic, practical, keyword there, practice, practical conversation about mindset, it has to include two things. The victim mentality, by definition, and a contextualized conversation of what words to use less of and why and what words to use more of and why. Because when the word conversation is left out of the conversation of, of, of mindset, mindset's this big picture thing that we know we need to get better at, but how? And then there's that com confident looking person over there. Wow, that looks – that's fun. I'm over here. Whoops, would have been nice. When we add in what words – help us stay focused on what's important and keep the drama down and help us breathe well and build ourselves up in our imagination. Now we can practice using our words in certain ways, which inevitably builds the story, which inevitably builds the mindset. Rocket science. The victim mentality is an acquired personality trait where a person tends to regard himself or herself as the victim of the negative actions of others, even in the absence of clear evidence. The victim mentality depends on a habitual thought process and attributions. I'm going to do that a second time, a little faster with some context. And then please, Matt, I can go in a variety of directions. Tell me what guide me. Here's the second time through folks. The victim mentality is an acquired personality trait where a person tends, it's a tendency, everybody. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. A person tends to regard himself or herself as the victim of the negative actions of others, 
even in the absence of clear evidence, the victim mentality depends, please underline that sentence, depends, as in it has to have a habitual thought process and attributions. Habitual thought process. Habitual accurately implies duration and addiction. Crack cocaine's got nothing on the victim, victim mentality. Habitual. And then thought process. What's a thought process? Your thought process is – that's the words that you use repeatedly. And so there's a specific set of words that the victim mentality has to have you use repeatedly in order for you to create the problems, the drama, the reasons you're not good enough, the reasons they're better than you, all, re relive all the, 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 the pain from everything once again. Which does nothing except for you know you get better at it, you get better at, you get better at recalling the fails, and and then attributions that last word, attribution what is that? That's a characteristic. It's a characteristic. The main characteristic that um, we focus on at Enlifted. So we're known as the language people. That's quite nice to be known for anything. Thanks, and we might as well be known as the language and the breathing people. And push comes to shove, it's about the breath. Characteristic breathing. Most people's languages, here it is in a nutshell. Most people's language is working against them. And most people's breath is trapped in their chest because most people's language is working against them. And they're in these stuck, upregulated, sympathetic nervous system response stress states. And and then and the good news is is we can, you know, that's a, I'm holding up a pen, everybody. We we can we can we're participating in this. Where most people's language tricks them into being innocent bystanders in their story. That's existentially terrifying. Most people's language tricks them into being uh, spectators in the stands. By, and, and the good news is it's the best of news. It's the worst of news that we're, we're participating in this thing. It's like, sweet, I'm, particip I'm participating in my mindset. Crap, I'm participating. <laughs> <laughs> in my mindset, no, no, I want to be, I want to be the ultimate victim, absolved from any responsibility from any of the wrongdoing that I've ever done. No, please, don't take this pacifier out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm a goofball with this stuff. I get it. It's good. I I wrote down a lot of notes, and that responsibility word is difficult for a lot of people. Um, I've been in the health and fitness industry for over 15 years. I'm a mentor coach in the business slash lifestyle as well. And it all comes down to what can we control, right? What can we take action on? And that mindset really impacts someone's ability to take action on something in front of them, right? It's that I wrote something down. There's always going to be barriers that we're continuing to hit, right? Where, where it's easy when it's easy. It gets difficult when we start to tell our stories, ourselves stories when, hey, this is getting more difficult. Maybe this isn't what I should be pursuing. Maybe I should stick with safe. Maybe, maybe they're right what they told about, what they said this about me. But then you start to get in this loop and you got to break that loop by yours is word, story, breath. And I have a, a similar system with mine, it's, yeah, it's the words, it's the stories, and then the action. So from where I go with a lot of my clients is I say, okay, this is the words we're using, the story, this is the mindset, and I condense that into mindset. And I say, 
what are the actions we're committing to making in all these different aspects of our life? What are we committing to? What deposits are we commit to make? Because you can't often control these circumstances around you, right? If you just become the victim in a lot of these things that aren't your control, but you can control your actions. You can control the words you use. And with time and consistency, it'll change your life. But that's difficult because that's responsibility and that takes delayed gratification as well. Yeah, part of us hates that. Yeah. Part of us that wants it yesterday hates that. Part of us, and most, most people have a spectrum in their mindset of flavors. So part of, part of them is on team I suck. <laughs> team I suck and I'm not good enough and I got all the proof, right? And I'm going to sit here on the couch and scroll on Instagram and compare myself to and then there's a part of us over here that's like, oh, we're going for it. We're going for it. If they can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, uh, you got you got people in your corner, and and we will get better at this. And 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 then those are those are, um, yeah, the part of us that's over here. It just it, it wants to it wants to have reasons why things are the way they are and out of our control. And, um, and, and then, and then there's, and, and, and that, that same part will inflame a story or inflate a story. Make, make here. We got some words here, folks. How about this? Make a mountain out of a molehill. Dude, I did it. I've done here. Here's, here's a, so I shared the thing about my knee. I did. I turned that. Okay, dude, guess what? You jacked up your knee. Um, it's not the end of the world, but I turned it into the end of the world. And I really almost turned it into the end of the world. I remember being on a motorcycle going 80 miles an hour down Petbury Road in Bangkok traffic, drunk, not caring, no helmet on. Oh, well. You know, how about I just disappear over here? Because I wasn't going back. I was only supposed to be over there for a year. And um, I was so addicted to that identity of being that tough guy that there's no way I'm going, I had three going away parties. Remember that? There's no way I'm going back over back to Virginia and not being that person and not being that person in that scene. All my friends are fighters. I'll stay over here and be a stranger in a strange land and see what happens. Glad I did. Super glad I did. And so uh, injury, turn a, a molehill into a mountain. It's the end of the world. That was 2002. Fast forward. Bringing up Mike Bledsoe again, fast forward to 2018, Mike and I are driving along, uh, passing through big city. Let's go do a jujitsu class. He's got a blue belt. I used to roll. Cool. So we go to a jujitsu school um, and uh, my jujitsu needs to be in a museum. It's antiquated, right? And so we go to the school that is very progressive. They're known for it. Um, and, and just doing odd make they're, 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 they're cutting edge. And so we go in and take a couple of classes and then I stick around and roll and I roll with a dude who's pretty good. And he put me in something that I didn't know what it was. And I was like, I can get out of this. And so I try to get out of this. 
and my arm rips out of socket. And it, it's that. Did you ever watch Jurassic Park? Matt? I have, yes. Yeah. So you know the, the the noise, like when somebody's getting chewed up by one of those snellosteraptors. It's <laughs> yeah. It's they actually. Just on a side note, you know what that? It's celery. They 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 they're they're twisting celery. That's what that noise is. And there's only one noise that makes that noise. One thing that makes that noise in a jujitsu school. It's somebody getting their stuff ripped up. And so he lets go of my arm. This is a, this is a true story. And it's the exact opposite story because I went in there and got some of the stories, those main stories that happened way before. There was a couple fights that broke out in elementary school, um, and I ran away. And I told myself a story that I'm a scaredy cat. And, and, and so I grew up, and those stories were still in my head, still with the same meaning, still with the same you know, nine-year-old nine emotional charge in there, which was strong. And, and then, so I'm going to go prove that I'm not scared by fighting, which meant that I was like, so you see how this stuff happened. And so I went in and I, I did a good job of turning the, the volume down on my victim mentality. So when life threw me a curveball this time, I didn't explode because life throws curveballs. So this guy, my arm rips out of socket and then goes back in and he lets go. And I look at him and I look at my arm. And I look back at him and I look at my arm. And instead of turning this into the end of the world, I went to my calendar of all things straight to it. And I was like, okay, uh, yeah, I just did something. And let's take that kettlebell certification off my calendar. And then we had paleo effects. That was in paleo effect was this um, fitness conference that we had a booth at. And that was happening in about a month. And I was like, I can do that with one arm and Pascal will be there. She'll, she'll, she'll help run the thing. And it's, um, yeah, we, we can do that. And then I turned to Mike, I'm like, Hey dude, we got to go because I'm on the insurance and this just happened. And let's just go ahead and get out of here. And I'm, we walk out the door, the front door and my arm is flopping around and, and, and I'm talking about a girl who thinks I'm, that I think's cute. Because I've got the mental real estate to do it. And oh, by the way, I did do a kablammy whammy on my elbow. I ended up having a Tommy John. That's where they, they, they go in. It's a lovely process. I, no, I mean, I'm serious like that. It's a, it's a procedure and thank God they can do it. It's when they right. go into your leg and take important stuff out and then lace your elbow back together like a sneaker. And, and th that healing process was so much easier, even though it was 15, 16 years down the line. Because I wasn't all stressed and puckered and pissed off about it. Because newsflash, the body does a way better job of regenerating itself, which it's built to do, when we're in parasympathetic nervous system response. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's like Dr. Rocket Science over here. Like, <laughs> And I think... I like how you explain this, Mark, and your strategy and your philosophy because it demystifies mindset. It is one of the most difficult things to articulate for people, but it is the most important thing. It's, it's what's holding back a lot of people back from pursuing a career they want to pursue. It's from being a better husband, a better wife, a better father, a better mother, um, physically taking care of themselves to eating better. It's getting caught in these patterns and these frames of mind, and it turns into their identity. 
And that takes a lot of work, right? When it turns into your identity. And that's, I talk a lot about this in my um, stuff is that you are not defined by your successes or failures, right? Like you, you can't, whether I succeed in something or not, I can't hold on to that and just say, this is who I am for the rest of my life because I'm going to get stuck in that pattern of thinking, even good things, because things could be gone like that. If I define myself as a business owner, right? That's one of the aspects of me. But if I, that's where I put my identity and my significance. What if I go bankrupt? What if I lose that thing? Am I going to fail to be a human being and continue to add value where I can add value? And I think it's where a lot of people get stuck. It's living in this, living in their mind instead of what is actual reality and what can I control and what can I not control? It's very true. And, and, and you know, what you just said, what we've been talking about, <clears throat> I, I don't know how to speak for myself, man. Did you have any classes on that in high school? Like, no. No, me either. I didn't have one course class or conversation about how my language, when I say language, everybody, I mean internal dialogue and external dialogue, what we think, what we say, what we write, how my language influences my imagination. It's four key parts, components. My imagine how my language influences my imagination. It's the pictures and the movies you make. That's what your imagination is. Your emotions, your energy, your feelings, all the same stuff. Your posture. What do you mean posture? As in how you present yourself in the world. We've all talked ourselves into a bad mood. Talk yourself into a bad mood and stay there. Watch what happens. Your body will will mold to the story. And then we got words to describe it. I'm down in the dumps. I've got the weight of the world on my shoulders. I've got a heavy heart. Talk yourself into a good mood and stay there and things are looking up. Good mm-hmm. words. Mm-hmm. And then and then how our language influences our breathing. How our language influences our breathing. And if um, we go back to the definition of the victim mentality, um, that habitual thought process. Okay. Alan Watts. Alan Watts said it. When we learn to think about our thinking, we become alive in a new way. It's very interesting. What's the easiest way? This is my take on it. What's the easiest way to think about our thinking? is to write down your thinking. Right. It's to write down your words to get it on paper, not to prove that it's right. Okay? So I wrote it down and there's the proof. No. Write out the stories and the thought processes, the sentences, the spells, and then look at the words. And with just a little bit of education, which we can do real well in 10 minutes, you now have a way to look at your words uh, which is way more beneficial than believing your words. Okay. Uh, 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 I was watching Joe Rogan, the Rizza from the Wu-Tang Clan. He quoted the Bhagavad Gita. He said, uh, uh, whether this is true or not, I don't know. Either what I do know is that it's interesting. He said, self-reflection will take man further than prayer. I don't know if that's true. It is interesting. Mm. So, There are that last sentence of the victim mentality definition. The victim mentality depends on a habitual thought process and attributions. We, this is, this is, this is our, this is, this is our take. Okay. 
there are three pillars of what we call conflict language in Enlifted that account for roughly 85% of the habitual thought patterns that people use to script a victim mentality, whether they want it or not. And the first one I, I referenced already, it's called, they're called projections. And that's where the bitterness is. That's where most people's white knuckle grip on the story is. And it's where we, where we suggest starting last when it comes to thinking about your thinking, changing some words, seeing what happens. And, and, and the keywords, the projection keywords are they, he, she, people's first names, you, mom, dad. Dad always talks to me like a child. When I say that, dad's in the picture, I'm in the picture, he's doing something to me I don't like, even though he's, I haven't seen him in six months. So I haven't talked to him in six months. It's in my imagination. And I've got to wait for him to change in my imagination for me to feel better. Don't hold your breath, even though you are, because that's a stressful, stressful idea. It brings up a bunch of other stuff too. And your breath is trapped in your chest. Okay. Or, um, they're wasting my time. They're wasting my time. I need her to, to, she's controlling me. Dad always talks to me like a child. They're wasting my time. She's controlling me. If I, I say those things, I'm, I'm, I'm going to create victim villain victim centricities because two plus two equals four. And if I've studied, if I've learned a little bit about my language, okay, your mom said, don't play with your food. Mark England's telling you play with your words. Then you're like, okay, yeah, that's a, you write it down, which is a whole lot easier to see the words. Okay. Stories kept up in here. They're, they're way more believable than once they're written down. Okay. Because right. it's my own voice in my own head. Of course I got it right the first time. And, and then you take out dad and you put in I. I always talk to me like a child. Wow, that's got a little different flavor to it. I mean, seriously, folks, who's talked more trash to you about you than you? Right. There's no second. There's no close second. There is no close second. But someone will say one thing to us once that we secretly say to ourselves 50 times a day, and now they're the devil? Or... um they're wasting my time. Take out they put an eye. I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my time f hallucinating, f f fantasizing about all the ways they're wasting my time. And no one's wasted more of your time than you. Let's just get, get – and that – remember what I said? Part of us hates this conversation. Part of us loves this conversation because it – we got it's, – it's a very interesting thing that there's um, – part of us, we get, we get positive reinforcement from let's just say existence – when we take responsibility for our story, our breath unlocks. When we go from yeah, yeah, yeah to uh, part of us doesn't like it. And then part of us goes, <sighs> the breath unlocks and we're like, okay, I have control here. I've got responsibility in this. I've, I'm, I'm more, this is way more empowering thought. Okay. Going down the, 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 the victim route has never been and will never be an, an existentially viable path. Right. The universe kills victims off in one way, one way or another. They're getting it. Okay. Maybe not in this generation, but this thing that keeps going, it, it, it will not end well. It will not, never has. Okay. Quite the opposite. And, and, uh, 
um, she, I, I need – what did I say? Whatever. She needs to respect – I need her to respect me. No, take out the she, put an I. I need me to respect me. That's projections. That's going from a projection to a reflection. It's a hard practice. I understand, and it's one of the most valuable that someone can practice, can do, can learn to do in the mindset game. And there's usually some resistance. Okay, fine. Okay. Then there's negation. So we have projections. These are the three pillars of the habitual thought patterns that 85% of the victim mentality is predicated on. Negations. What are those? Can'ts, won'ts, isn'ts, nots, haven'ts, hasn'ts, shouldn'ts. Those force us to stare at the worst case scenario. I, 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 I won't make that mistake again. There's me making that mistake again. I can't keep living like this. There's a picture of me continuing to live like this. I here's, here's a double whammy. Here's a negation and a projection. I'm not going to let them take advantage of me again. I'm not going to let them take advantage of me again. Take out them, put an I. I'm not going to, or me, I'm not going to let me take advantage of me again. Well, that's a, well, okay, well then if that's what I'm not going to do, if I'm not going to let me take advantage of me again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be easier on myself. I'm going to be, well, kind of, it's weird word, kinder to myself. I'm going to be more supportive. And so you're, you're pointing yourself in the direction that you want to go. Negations force you. My driving teacher said it when I got in the car. 30 years ago, I'm still talking about it. I said, look where you want to go because you're probably going to go there. Here's a great story, true story about a negation that had a dude locked down. 2014, I'm in Calgary, and then we get to soft talk, everybody, which is where it's the gateway drug to the rest of your language, super easy to, to, to practice, fun-ish. <laughs> <laughs> this um so i go to calgary and i do a a training for a uh insurance company and i stay after and do one-on-one sessions and i'm in a room two chairs facing each other this guy's young 22 23 struggling and this is what he said this is what he said this is what he did mark i can't keep focusing on my past for those of y'all listening to this, I just turned around and looked behind me, well, and I did it. You really do it. He, he did that, and 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 way less aggressive than, or way more aggressive than I did. I I I, if I did what he did, my headset would have flown off. He turned around and looked behind him, and then turned back and looked at me. He didn't know he did it. I'm looking right at him. Of course, I saw it. I go, dude. You know, you just turned around and looked behind you, right? He goes, really? I go, yeah. What did you see? And he had to stop and think about it. He goes, I saw myself on the couch and all alone. That's two of the four aspects of ourself that our language influences. Our posture. Remember that? Your body. It wasn't a little scratch the nose, a little micro movement. It was the big macro turnaround, look behind. And then he, in, in his imagination... Because he wasn't behind him sitting on the couch. He imagined himself sitting on the couch. And I asked him how he was feeling, angry, and then underneath that, scared. And then I could see it. I didn't need to ask. I did, though. He was breathing way up in his chest. 
And me being me having a doctorate in rocket science, I handed him a pen and, and had him write that sentence down. He goes, uh, which one? And I go, the I can't keep sentence. I can't keep focusing on my past. And he wrote it down. Fastest way to think about your thinking is to write it down. And I said, if that's what you can't keep doing, what can you start doing? So take out the won'ts and the can'ts and the nots and the shouldn'ts and the hasn'ts and the haven'ts and put in wills, cans, are, ams. Watch what happens. You'll point yourself in the direction you want to go way more of the time. You'll like the way it feels. And he did the same thing as that woman at the beginning uh, that was – he goes – he didn't even get the whole sentence out. He goes he – he gave himself a stutter. Because he wasn't used to using the words. F -f -f Focus on my future more? It went up at the end. And I said, yeah. Now turn it into a sentence. <sighs> Breath unlocks. I can focus is exactly how it sounded. Like somebody just learning the English language. I can focus on my future more. I can. I can. I can focus on my future more. And now that we're pointed in the right direction, I'm like, what do you, okay, what can you do? And it, now that he's looking there, he identified three things, which he did. Read the two books that he knew he needed to read, enroll in the mentorship program, which was free, and then go, go, go to the monthly hangout thing with all the other people that were – so network. Mm -hmm. He messaged me three months later. He said, dude, I do all those stuff now, and I did all those things. I'm making money, and I moved out. Thanks. I go, thanks again, Abracadabra. Well, you're welcome, and thanks again, Abracadabra. So what, like, this is important too. We talked about spells, I think. Abracadabra. When I say abracadabra, what do you immediately think of? Magic. Yep. Magic. Abra it's cooler than that. You can look it up, folks. Abracadabra is Aramaic, and it translates to with my word I create or with my word I influence. Aramaic is an ancient language. It's one of the languages, one of the two languages Jesus spoke. It's the language the original Old Testament was written in. And they would triangulate it and wear it around their neck to remind them of the power and the mechanism of the spoken word because they knew that if their language was working against them, things were going to be harder than they needed to be. And so they, they, you got projections, you got negations. Projections are, that's where the bitter, that's, that's, those are the hard ones usually. Negations, it's, it can take some time, like, to take out the like to think about, well, how do I reword this? Then there's soft talk. Soft talk. This is the gateway drug to the rest of your language, and y'all can start practicing today. Here, here, here we go, Matt. You've, you've never heard any of these. Uh, I think. Okay, so you're out. You're out and about at a party, and someone knows that you're in the the fitness gym game, and. You got to have gym. And I, I, I think I might want to come take a class with you one day. You ever heard that? Yeah. How many times did they come take a class with you? Rarely, if ever. Rarely, if ever. Uh, it's almost like I'm procrastinating. Maybe I'm avoiding them. I guess I should get back into the gym. There's only a handful of these words, folks, and they are responsible for the indecision, the anxiety. It's, it's, it's a stress. There's a flavor of stress. Malmodia said, he said, I prefer the fear of making the wrong decision to the terror of indecision. 
And here they are. Think, might, maybe, should, could, sorta, kinda, possibly, almost like, guess, hopefully one day try. Those are, and if y'all want to print out version of that, I'll, we can, I'll tell you where to go later. Um, uh, those words, I guarantee you are in your language. And we, 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 that's where we tell people to start because it's just the easiest thing in the world to take out the guess. I guess I'm drinking too much coffee. No, I am. Right. I probably should spend more time with the wife. Take out the probably. See what happens. You know, maybe I'm procrastinating. You are. <laughs> yeah, and then you get more solid and focused. And you, it's, it's, you know how hard it is to make a decision with all those words in there? Yeah, it promotes action, right? By changing that language. Correct. Turns people into action heroes instead of inaction zeros. Action dispels overwhelm, everybody. It's true. Yeah. I, th- I found that like as a entrepreneur, business owner, there's a lot of overwhelm that comes up in your life. And if, you, if I sit in, in that and dwell on it too long and create these stories. So for myself, I've created something called, um, so I express gratitude. I pray on ask for wisdom, what I can control, what I can't control. And then I take action on what I think I can control. And that that's way more productive than, just sitting in that because you can make and take action on things that aren't true, which then you create that story that is living in your head, right? You're the actual person who's creating that thing that you're most afraid of. He's right. Everybody. We're always taking action, staying at home on the couch, binging on Ben and Jerry's that's taking action. Okay. Blaming, blaming somebody for um ruining your life that's taking action you know holding on to bitterness is taking action we don't want to admit that and it is it's a brutal truth that we're participating that we're we're absolutely the definition of identity it's the it's it's the fact of being who or what a person is and i did uh it was so easy to do uh, on stage, TEDx talk, we gave one in 2017 in front of 1,800 people. I go, uh, raise your hand if you see yourself differently in any way now than when you were five. And it's such a ridiculous question. Everybody laughs. So guess what? Our identities, our identities are not factual uh, uh, facts of being who or what a person is. No, we're uh, our, our identities are opinions, okay? I'm good enough for this. I'm not good enough for that. I'm not talking about biology, everybody. Let me just get out of that freaking crazy weird story. Um, you know, the, the, I'm good enough for them. I'm not good enough for them. Okay, it's it's it, it, and and those those that's the story that we're telling ourselves. We're participating. Our 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 identity, our mindset, is a fluid, flexible process that we're participating in, mm. and we're doing it with words. We're doing it with words. And most people don't have any training on how to do it even remotely well. Hence, the, 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 most people are stuck in between a very hard rock and a very hard place, which is the uh, – they're, they're stuck between um, wanting to be recognized and fear of being seen.
wanting to be recognized and fear yeah. of being seen. And that play that's that falls under the umbrella of the victim mentality and a telephobia. Okay. And 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 we get ourselves there and we keep ourselves there with our words. Like I said, it's great news, it's horrible news. Yeah. And there's no there's no way out of that thing without feeling out of it. There's like we our 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 why a lot of people shy away from this work because to the to to go in and do it do it you got to feel a lot of that those feelings and emotions out of yourself you gotta it's like, like the stories let's just say the story of when your parents divorced when you were nine okay that burnt it's like a spicy thai dish it burned going in it smolders while it's in there and it burns coming out. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, go to your local Thai restaurant, <laughs> order a dish Thai hot, message me in 48 hours, assuming everything is working as it should, and then you'll have a better idea of what I'm talking about. It's the same thing as the stories when they come out of us. That happens. It sure beats the chronic poison though, right? Oh, bro. Yeah. You're, he's... The pen can weigh – the pen can seem like it weighs 900 pounds. Okay. I get it. And and I'll take a little bit of sting now than, you know, bumping up into this thing for 30, 40 years. You know, that's the real scary stuff if we get honest about it. That's the real scary stuff. You know, I'm, I'm – um, there's only a, a couple things that scare me to my soul. And and one of them is deathbed regrets. One of them is deathbed regrets. And and um it's one of the reasons I put the the numbers that I do up for this work is is um if I don't I I'm I'm very scared of what what'll happen. I said, when I said you another numbers when you say numbers up what do you mean by that? I, I, I've got a well-earned reputation for having a tremendous capacity was more than having it for, for this work. You know, I'll put, I'll put up 12 hour days, seven days a week for like, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know where the, the, um, see, cause attraction is not a choice, everybody. Attraction is not a choice. You can't talk yourself into being attracted to someone. You can't talk yourself out of being attracted to someone. It's just, it's, it's honestly a gift. And I was a worse than disruptive student. I was a terrible student. Uh, I was destructive in high school and in middle school and high school and college for a couple of reasons. One, just on a paint a big picture. I don't, children aren't meant to sit there that long for that amount of time. That's a, that's a great, great idea somebody, right? And then, um, you know, how much of what you learned in school were you fascinated about? So it's, it's it, let's just be generous. Half right. of what we learn is boring. All those hours at school and then we're sitting there, it drove me crazy. And, and then, um, uh, so when I, I fell in love on site, I've fallen on, in love on site a couple of times with, with, some women and, and, you know, that's another thing, but the, the two things, the thing that's held my attention the most, and I'm so grateful for it is this work. I don't know, man, something just snapped into place when I saw 
that person go from he did that to me to he did that to himself. And I've been, I, I just, I, I wake up in the morning and I've got a full tank of gas and I like emptying it. I like going to bed, having put some out, some put at, put my hours on the clock. And, um, I'm going to do a thousand podcasts. This is 344. The one after this will be 345. I'm gonna do it for 50 years, bro. It's in my calendar. I did my first day. I, I put my poster up at that same spa, January 17th, 2007. And um, when I got off stage at TED, at TEDx, you can do, that's a, it's a good TED talk, everybody. YouTube, Mark England, TEDx. I got off stage and I'd been doing it full time for 10 years. I looked around. I was like, I don't have any other questions, man. I'm, I'm going to do this for 50 years. Because one, I can. I just, you know, it's not like I can fight for 50 years. I, I didn't even, I got six in and I was done. <laughs> um, and so I scrolled, I went into my calendar and scrolled down to January 17th, 2057. Took me a little while to get there. And it's in my calendar is my last day on the job. Mm. And, and, and if I, if I pull that off or I stay in the game, cause you know, I could get, you know, something could happen next week. And, you know, just, just so I stay in the game, whether I get to 50 years or I stay in the game, then I'll be like, I'll be like, okay, cool, man. I, I went for something. And I, I have to have that in place to go out well. If Does that make sense? Yep. You're Instead of looking back at what you could use as an excuse to prevent you from moving forward or why you couldn't do something in the past, you're creating something, a vision, a mission in the future to pull you forward. It's not about actually uh, getting to the age of 50 and doing this. It's that you are committed to doing this every single day and you're not dictating the outcome, you're, you're participating in the action that will lead to the outcome that you know is in line with who you are. He just said it better than I did. Yeah. And, and, and you know, file you under, in, under that, in that file now too. I love the people I meet through this work, man. I'm sure you love the people you meet through your work mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. You know, people that want to get better. Those tend to be way more interesting people than, you know, there, there are people that would pay money not to pick up a pen and write down their stories and look for yeah. the parts that they're responsible in. There are people who would pay to not do that. And I get to meet people that pay to do that or at least want to hear about it. You know, that's, I know cool is an opinion. To me, that's really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And I've really appreciated this. Mark and appreciate your time and I'll probably have to have you on for another podcast, get another one towards 1000 because I think there's so much more we could have dove into and we just touched the surface and I learned a lot. If you could share one more thought with everyone before we sign off here and also where can people find you? One last thought. Slow down your rate of speech, everybody. Just a little bit. Because what happens when someone... So there's two pieces of advice that... Well, when someone asks, hey, what do we do? Where do we start? Soft talk. Always talk about soft talk. And, And then 
if there's a second piece of advice, is to slow down your rate of speech um, and have a have a just a pinch of a slower of a conversation and watch what happens. When someone slows down their rate of speech, you give yourself a lot more space to put the dots together about what words are influencing you, what words you like saying. It gives you more range to inflect better on your words, which means that you're going to be a more interesting person to listen to. And also when you slow down your rate of speech, it, it loosens up your breathing and your ability to listen is directly correlated with your ability to breathe well. And so not only does it give you better access to, to your words, you become a better listener too. And you put those two things together and you're going to have way better relationships than the person that has very little to no control or awareness about how their words are influencing them and other people. And by the way, being a crappy listener at the same time. Right. It's like, and that, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's my last piece of advice. I love it. Not even, not even advice, just something to think about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. I thanks, Mark, for sharing that. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, and lifted.me, everybody. That's our certification yeah. business. Um, we've got a podcast, Getting Lifted. It's all about the words, stories, breath. And um, uh, yeah, and if you want to, if this, the soft talk challenge, you go to enlifted.me. That's the website. There's a, there's a soft talk t- tab that you can. Um, okay. Click. And it'll give you, it'll give you, um, there might be one laying around here somewhere. Uh, yeah, there usually is a list of the soft talk keywords. Okay. Perfect. We'll put this all in the show notes for everyone. And, uh, feel free to, like Mark was saying, head to the website, check out the soft talk, get certified or find a certified coach as well. If you know you need this work, um, take action on this. Thanks everyone for listening. This will all be in the show notes. Appreciate you, Mark. Thanks for coming.